0: Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you from our Lord and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear Christian friends, okay, Google, what's the weather forecast this weekend? Hey, Siri, call Mom. Alexa, set my alarm clock for 7 a.m. You see, the human voice has new power. Now we don't have to type with our thumbs anymore. We can talk to our devices and they will do what we asked. Or at least that's how it's supposed to work. It's the sort of thing that science fiction was just a few years ago talking about. At the time when the most information that went into the computer was on punch cards. Captain Kirk and others on the USS Enterprise talked to a computer. And now we can all talk to a computer. We can dictate our word processing programs. We can surf the internet without touching the keyboard. And we can call up a recipe from the kitchen without dirtying the tablet screen. God created a voice to have power. When sea lions gathered in large colonies to raise their young, hundreds of these pups will swim out into the water together and then come back together. And once on the shore, they will find their mothers by listening to a distinct sound of their mother's voice. In time, all of the young will find their way back to their mothers. Easter is, among other things, about the power of the voice. On this second Sunday of Easter, the risen Lord Jesus Christ comes to you and to me to speak his peace into our hearts so that we may speak that peace to the world. Mary and other women told Jesus' disciples that they had seen the Lord. And the disciples didn't really believe it. And by that evening, the disciples are behind locked doors like a hutch of rabbits, afraid that the wolf would be looking for them. And this was the church at its absolute worst. Hunkered down and huddled together, letting fear rather than faith control their every thought and action. And then suddenly, Jesus comes and he stands among them. And John says that the disciples were glad that they saw Jesus. But in their joy, not one of them apologizes for their behavior over the last few days. No one says that they were sorry that they should have done better. Perhaps part of that reason was that they didn't get the chance to say anything. Instead, Jesus speaks up first. He says the first word. And it was, of course, the sound of his voice like in creation. The sound of Jesus' voice creates something wonderful and new. He says, peace be with you. This was not a wish or a hope. It is his gift to them. Peace be with you, he says, and there is peace and joy. This, the disciples could only begin to realize, was that whole point of what Jesus had just been through, Jesus' death on the cross, was to reestablish that peace between God and man that has been shattered when when the first parents first sinned. Yes, sin will always stand as a separation, a conflict between two parties. In sin, we live for ourselves, not for the other. In sin, we cannot be in harmony, our will gladly yielding to the other. In sin, we can never be with God because his holiness can't be in a relationship with unholiness. But by taking our sin on the cross, Christ removed the separation and he reconciled us to God, bringing back peace with him. And that whole scene repeats itself a week later with Thomas in the group. And the doors were still locked, but Jesus came again And he speaks those same words, peace be with you. And rather than scolding, Jesus encourages Thomas to touch and to see the wounds. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And even though 2,000 years have passed since that first Easter evening, the church still struggles to get behind those locked doors and into the world. We might not fear the same things that the disciples feared or the cruelty that Jesus experienced when he suffered on the cross. That fear that kept the first apostles locked up, there is much a wary of in the first or the 21st century as there is in the first century. Right now, there's issues in facing our congregation. We are without a pastor to lead us. We are wondering, will this vacancy be long? Our congregation is experiencing the effects of the uh, coronavirus, which makes it impossible for us to be here together to worship as a congregation. And we cannot tend the flock who are being locked up in our homes while the members of a congregation, at least some of them, are hurting. And there are some who are concerned about having problems of finding people to hold leadership positions in the church that we vitally need now because there is no pastor to lead us. And we're also facing a financial situation than the bills that need to be paid and the offerings have been small because of the situation that we are in. And perhaps there's some of our members who are out of work and money only can stretch so far. Or there are some waiting to bring their offerings when we get back to church to worship together as a congregation. All of these things causes fear in our hearts. And the temptation is to focus our all of our attention on our fear. And let that fear paralyze us. And this text from John 20 is not about how the world locks its doors to the gospel, but how the church locks itself away from the world. The irony of the disciples' locked doors is that they weren't keeping the soldiers out looking to crucify them, and they weren't keeping their friends and their relatives who may want to reconcile, ridicule them for following Jesus. There's not any re- record of those things happening. The, only, what one, the one that they were looking or locking out was Jesus. They locked out the word so he had so clearly spoken to them about dying and rising again. And locking out that word, they locked out Jesus. And when fear becomes our focus, we fall into that same trap. We lock out the Lord, who time and time again tells his church, don't be afraid. Jesus will have none of it. That security locked doors are no problem to him. If the grave could not keep him in the ground, their padlocks would do little good outside that room where they had gathered. And so he comes and he stands among them and he stands among us and he speaks his word, a word that brings the very thing he says, peace be with you. And this is Jesus' word to you on this second Sunday of Easter. Peace be with you. Peace, your sin is forgiven. Do not fear the world. I have overcome the world. Peace be with you. The word comes to you and to me today with the exact same power as it came to those first disciples on that first Easter evening and to Thomas a week later. These words, uh, John says, are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. In his word, Jesus comes among us today, and we experience the power of his voice. He doesn't just tell us about peace, but he actually speaks peace to you and to me. As Luther puts it, as soon as he said it, it is done. Jesus spoke his peace to you in the water of holy baptism, at your baptism, where you were joined to his death and his resurrection, and you died to sin and rose to a new life. That peace is spoken to you every time you return to re- in repentance to your baptism and he says to you through your pastor, I forgive you all your sins. That peace is spoken to you at his table, and I can't wait till we get back there, where in, with, and under the bread and the wine comes he comes to our time and our space to feed you his body and his blood for the forgiveness of your sins and to lift up you out of your fears. There his voice speaks peace. This is for you. And he says, for, for the forgiveness of sins. And we are raised from the table at peace, ready to go out into the world. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. The Lord cannot be bound. His words cannot be bound. And his followers do not live behind locked doors. He sends us out into the world, but he does not send us empty-handed. He breathed his Holy Spirit upon his disciples and to his church. And he hands the keys of the kingdom of heaven to us. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold the sins of, from anyone, they are withheld. And with that, like those first disciples, we are sent out into the world to be his voice of peace. Our voices, our human voices, become voices of power. Not because it's louder or wiser or more entertaining than other voices, but because through our voice, he himself speaks. Long before there is a was a Siri, Alexa, or a Google, there was a risen Christ speaking to and through people like you and me so that all who are behind those locked doors of fear, of sin, of sickness, and even death itself might hear his word. Peace be with you. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.